Welcome to FinTech Brews and News, brought to you by Central Payments and Falls FinTech. I'm Nikki Rohde. And I'm Trent Sorby. Founders, co-founders, payments professionals, and, well, just people who love brews. This is a place to get a behind-the-scenes look at unique partnerships and ways to bridge the financial gap between banking, startups, and the entire fintech industry. Whether it's a beer or coffee or something else, there's certain to be a brew in every episode. After all, how do we function in this space without it? Each episode, you're sure to take away some good stuff going on in the financial technology space. So without further ado, let's grab a brew. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the latest episode of FinTech Brews and News. Uh, I'm Trent Sorby, the CEO here at Central Payments. Uh, I'm running solo today. Uh, those of you that uh, have tuned into prior episodes know that normally uh, we're, we're a bit of a, a, a duo with uh, my friend Nikki Rohde. Uh, Nikki's not able to join us today. Uh, I'm very pleased uh, to welcome Jairo Riveros, who's the Managing Director of the Americas uh, at Paysend. Uh, Paysend's a fantastic partner of ours here at Central Payments, and uh, we're very excited to have Jairo uh, join us today. How are you today, Jairo? Very good. Thank you, Trent. Happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, I think the best thing to do to kind of kick this conversation off is uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jairo, and then kind of work your way into Paysend and some of the things it's doing um, here in the United States, but really, frankly, all over the world. I, I'm sure the, the, the listeners would love to hear more about the company. <laughs> thank you, Trent. Well, I'm Jairo Riveros. I am currently managing the uh, Paysend uh, operations in the Americas. I also run the strategy group for Pace and Global. Um, I'm Colombian, migrated to the States, migrated to London, migrated to Canada, and recently came back to the States. So long time, uh, consistent immigrant uh, who has been passionate about a number of things that I have learned throughout my career. Number one, I started my, my, my years of uh, professional activity at uh, MasterCard learn a lot about payments, but he was quite passionate about uh, financial inclusion. Believed that there were a number of individuals who were did not have access to the financial uh, solutions. And in MasterCard, I work quite heavily in providing those in Latin America. Um, then I moved to investments and became quite passionate about financial education, was able to uh, focus on what it will require for someone um, who is able to work many years but ends up with very little savings, uh, how that can be done a little bit better. Then I went to consulting and had the opportunity to advise uh, investment firms uh, and be able to create the opportunity to focus on new companies that are trying to do things differently, focus on innovation, run a fund on innovation, and when I think about those three, that summarizes why I'm so passionate about Payson. Payson came to develop an innovative solution that focuses on bringing people together around the world by providing the ability to pay, send, hold funds around the world among any to any, many to many. And I can bring my financial education, my financial inclusion, and my innovative passions into the company. Yeah, you know, 
um, we'll talk more about uh, Paysen, but it's interesting to hear your background and how that fits so perfectly with the, you know, the problems that Paysend is trying to solve as we think about financial inclusion across the world, um, particularly in areas of the world that just have never enjoyed um, what it means to be truly included in a financial system. Uh, bring us through the journey of Paysend and, and maybe um, talk about its early days uh, and you know, how we get to where we are today and some of the activity you're doing um, around the world, frankly. Fantastic. Yes. Um, so five years ago, Payson was funded to tackle what uh, our founder, Abdul, and a number of us identify as the pain point in providing payments across the world. He used to own a cash and mortal uh, cross-border uh, a, a remittance uh, company. And he realized that there were three things that were very common in his business throughout many, many years. It was number one, slow. It required a lot of time to be able to connect the one end to the other. It was expensive because he was dealing with a number of physical locations, employees, uh, and a number of processes. It was cumbersome. A lot of paperwork required a lot of uh, a, a barriers in many ways. So when we created Paysend, we focused on how to tackle those three. And the idea was to develop a value proposition that is instant to the extent possible or as close as possible. And we believe on that because the more that we explore um, our customer needs, we realize that you need the funds now, not necessarily later. And in many cases, it's about your food, your education, your housing, your health. Number two, that it had to be freemium. The system was very, very expensive. How could we do it at a low cost? Not free, but at a cost that, that represented the, the, uh, the, uh, the best solution for everyone. And simple, to make it as simple as possible. So Payson was uh, developed connecting the three major card networks, Visa, MasterCard, and China Union Pay, allowing individuals to connect among themselves to uh, fund the transaction and send it car to car. This immediately created a market of 12 billion potential users that would allow it worldwide to connect. As we progressed throughout the five years, we ended up connecting the ACH, the bank accounts. We then connected the wallets. We then connected the local payment schemes. And basically now we can connect any to any among our systems. But there is something important here. We always maintain that the opportunity is to remain as instant as possible, which means there are certain elements in which we probably don't operate, has to be freemium. Therefore, we don't provide cash out, as an example. We, it's costly and it's slow. So it's something in which we don't do. Or we try to not work with aggregators because it adds more players into the value chain and it increases the cost. And it has to be simple. Our app is amazingly simple on our application. Yes, we could add a lot of more features. We could put a lot more fancy things, but it will make it slow. It will make it more difficult. So those are the principles. Nowadays, we have reached 6 uh, million customers worldwide. Thanks to our partnership with Central Payments, we can now send from the U.S. to over a hundred different countries 
uh, providing the ability to distribute the funds to cards, to bank accounts, to wallets. We also have the opportunity uh, to collaborate uh, in different uh, moments uh, when things are uh, of an urgent necessity for funds like us. And I want to bring something that uh, our audience must know, and is that uh, the situation that we're all currently facing between Russia and Ukraine gave us the opportunity to put what we preach in practice. How did we do that? The situation there escalated so quickly. Um, we were talking here internally. Uh, how, how do we continue to make sure that there is a, a, a good, safe flow of funds into the Ukraine? We reached out to you and your team and you said, we're thinking about the same thing. And then Visa reached out to us and said, have you guys thought about this? So yeah, we're all thinking about it at the same time. And I think we all just recently said, well, this is simple. Let's make it free. Um, keep the flow going. Don't charge anything um, because we know um, when it comes to, uh, you know, desperation funding needs, it doesn't get any more desperate than what we're seeing in the Ukraine. And talk a little bit, I mean, that's been very successful. I mean, we were very happy to keep that flow of money going there. Um, what's been the feedback? So, well, first of all, it was an increase on transactions significantly, um, but, but also there were a number of combinations that go beyond the fees, but the fees was the, um, element that brought us together, we want to do something, we can handle that one as quick as possible. But for instance, many of the cards are Ukrainian issue cards that are actually operating in Poland. So Visa had to make that possible because it made no sense for Visa to charge a cross-border transaction in that. So that was one element that came into play. It was also the element of... I think that's a great point. If you think about the immigrants who and the and the refugees who found themselves all of a sudden across border, but they were doing it not because they wanted to. It wasn't a vacation, as we all know. So it doesn't make sense to think about cross border fees in those situations because they were that was their temporary it was their temporary homeland and in, in for many people. So yeah, it took a lot of fast reaction from anyone there. And that's it. exactly and it's still and it's not only Poland, but Poland is one example. It's Poland, it's Hungary, it's Turkey, it's Slovakia. I mean, it's all across. Uh, Serbia. And then what happened in our case as well is because our application depends on an IP address at the same time was not recognizing the transaction. So immediately our team went on to say, no, this is a, there are no, there are no borders. And, and again, it's putting in practice what we have preached. Make it as instant as possible, make it as freemium as possible, make it as simple as possible. And this is the call for action. We are trying to continue learning from that. We learn from this a number of individuals have reached out to say, I am using now PaySend for other transactions because I see what you did. And I, we didn't advertise it, you didn't advertise it, neither Visa. We all went and action, which is the interesting part. We're trying to do similar things now. We believe in the in, uh, financial inclusion. We believe that Central America is actually the largest immigrant corridor in no war times. You have a you have a very large project going there right now. Talk about that and talk about where you think this might lead, um, PaySend specifically in Central America. Well, it's the largest uh, north-south corridor in the world. It's about 150 billion dollars a year that are sent. Everybody thinks about Mexico, but let me give you an example. It's 30 billions to Guatemala. It's the largest income under GDP outside uh, of anything else. Now, most of them is cash to cash. 
So what we have to do here is again, to start thinking a little bit different. So in partnership with the uh, Vice President Kamalis and with uh, the Central America uh, Public-Private Partnership, they have brought together a number of companies, including MasterCard, including Microsoft, Google, Walmart, and others, invited Paysen to be part of that equation of how we can bring some financial inclusion to it. So what happens is the following. If we send car to car to Guatemala, the number of cards in market are very low. We know that. Number two, the acceptance of those cars among the merchants or other places is also very low. So that's why cash continues to be the, the optimal solution. But instead of just remaining on that, we have said, let's figure another way out. Um, Paysend is going to be launching our app in, in, in Guatemala. We've been extended license from the UK, so we don't have to have a license separately with a local bin. And it's going to be activating a virtual car. Now, that virtual car will, uh, will uh, land in the phone of the recipient. When you send, the individual gets a virtual car with the $100 that you send in Quetzales. Now, how can you use that virtual car? Well, you can go to Walmart and you can actually show your virtual card and Walmart would acknowledge with another identification to allow, not for cash, to buy your groceries and the things that you need. So you begin to channel in the right way. Remember at the beginning, I talked about education, food, housing, and health. Those for us are key elements of how you can make this impact. Yes, there is discretionary and we know that individuals would like, but we don't believe that we should foster that and instead try to foster some other channels into that. Yeah, and I think also, I, I, you know, I think the hard part of countries like Guatemala is that because cards haven't penetrated in terms of issuance or acceptance in that situation, you're almost relegated out of the banking system or out of the financial system because you do have to work in cash. And so anything you can do to try to create a greater degree of comfort with electronic payments as opposed to cash payments. And to your point, starting with a virtual card um, and beginning to use it at Walmart in Guatemala, um, I think allows the consumer to get comfortable with that form of payment and then maybe begin to change behavior in a way that ultimately brings more consumer protection, uh, money moves more quickly, less prone to nefarious things or, or robbery or theft or all those terrible things. Um, and so sort of by use of the, of the pay send process, uh, you, you really are sort of inherently bringing, it is, a, it is a new form of inclusion. I mean, the pay send process is, a, is creating inclusion. I, I, would that be fair to say? Exactly, and, and we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with the partners. Um, and with the support of the government and with the support of the local uh, government as well, and with the support of central payments uh, as our, as our, 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 our partner uh, institution, uh, because most of the funds will be generated from the U.S. So what it means is we will be working to allow those funds to be uh, uploaded, um, and therefore we are already working together with you about the limits that everyone has and the different uh, uh, elements that you have to provide in order to uh, control the risk and who are you, the, the so-called know, know your client or KYC. Uh, but when you go even to the other side, um, institutions that we're working with in the partnership are providing education. It's about, it's about sitting together and telling the story. You can now receive the funds. That car is secure. 
that car doesn't 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 uh, it doesn't get lost. The money is there. Don't worry. Go to a, an institution. Today is Walmart. Hopefully, in the future, there will be many others that can accept this. It's a matter of process and a time. But to put it in context, we're doing this for the North Triangle, it's called, uh, which is Honduras, Guatemala, and Salvador. Um, we're going to run it also as a uh, as freemium as as possible, trying to negotiate or, or, or agree that all the fees are removed, and we're learning from it. This could be a model that we can take to other markets where not necessarily has to be at cost, uh, but we can learn from this. It's about providing, again, a virtual car initially. We have to understand how they use their phones. We have to understand if they have the right phone for it. So Google comes into play with their Android phones, and then Microsoft comes into play with the broadband. And, and it's, a, it's a combination. But hospitals is another element that we've been talking, and schools. In Guatemala, they can receive. They are merchants for some reason. I mean, they, they are, can conceive. They might not accept today, but they could eventually accept. Um, so we can expand that uh, acceptance network slowly in the right elements of place. It'll be very interesting to watch, to your point, in other areas of the world. I mean, I think about Africa, for example, where a model like this could be particularly interesting as well, um, especially as Africa begins to to really change itself in terms of, you know, it's embracing fintech. I, it's, it's quickly becoming you know, on the forefront of understanding, like, we might just skip the old economy and go right into fintech because that's really best suited for our infrastructure. And I think your point around the infrastructure needs is, is critically important as well. Um, it takes it takes everybody to make an electronic payment work. It's a lot more than the payment rail that it's running on. It, it takes the device, it takes the network, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And, 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 and it's a process uh, with the smallest steps. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the commitment of companies. I think more and more we are all understanding that we can uh, do well by doing good. Um, it's just a matter of how we approach uh, uh, the, uh, the, our business models. Um, remittances, which is where we work uh, across the world, it's interesting to see for many of the institutions around the world, it's, it's, um, it's an income under PL. They charge to receive the funds. They charge you to get access to your money that your relatives send you. And it's an income, and they make significant amount of that. Well, we're breaking that. We're saying, nope, that's not the model. The model should be if you can bring them into the economy, if you can have them to have a, a vehicle, then you can use the networks or Visa, MasterCard, or others, and you can win in the interchange. You can win in the, in the other way. But don't take it precisely from that, which is limited. I mean, sending, I don't think one can send today in the traditional model $10 because they will charge you 12 No chance, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so and it, I think you bring, you bring up an excellent point. I mean, it's just, it is, seems so counterintuitive, yet in this space, in the remittance space, it has always been around making your money off access, right? I, I'm going to charge you to get to your money as opposed to in electronic forms of payment. Now, all of a sudden, I don't need to do that because now all of a sudden usage is becoming the opportunity, the revenue opportunity. And you mentioned interchange and, and that sort of thing. So all of a sudden it's not on the backs of, in this case, in many cases, low, very low income folks who, you know, the only way to make it work was for them to, to pay to just get access. And it's, it's just seems, um, so revolutionary, frankly, and, and, and it's been so needed in this space to let, let usage 
drive the economic value and not access. And spread the cost around many more actors, not just one individual who is going to have access to their own money, but in this case, the merchants that accept it, the networks that sponsor it. There are many, many more that will be part of that, that equation. So that, that's one element. I, I see, you mentioned Africa. I see that leapfrog is going to happen. We do believe. We want to continue innovating at pacing. We want to continue um, a, a being um, a good player in, in that innovation. Um, we are very fond of the uh, incubators. Uh, I had the opportunity to visit your incubator uh, um, center uh, in Swiss Falls. Uh, I believe we have to do a lot more in that. We all have to contribute in one another, or another. That's where talent is going to be created. That is where new models are going to be developed. That's where uh, learning uh, lessons are going to be experienced. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll benefit quite a bit. So Africa will probably leapfrog. There is a lot of movement in the telco companies now acquiring or requiring a banking license. So they might get into that. But I won't be surprised that also in the U.S., there could be a number of things. Our system continues to be a little bit slow and a little bit outdated because, of course, the rails already exist and they are right there. Um, so we could also see some innovation here. Might take some more time. Uh, it's not as necessary. We are well uh, penetrated in the financial systems. But it still, it's very expensive to invest money. It's very expensive to retire. Uh, it's very expensive to know how you can extend your retirement for the many years that we all live now, thanks to medicine. So it's, um, it's just, it's just it, we have to do more with less. There's no other question. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the U.S. because um, as I look back at, at when our relationship with Payson started and, and I first met Abdul and I said, you know, one of the charges we had from the very beginning here at Central Payments was we have got to make um, financial experiences better for all consumers and we've got to expand this reach that our, our bank, Central Bank of Kansas City, has always had in its small metropolitan foot, footprint in Kansas City. But how do we continue to serve this consumer? And I, I, you know, when we first heard the PaySend model, I said, you know, this this is a great example of us extending our commitment to financial inclusion and our commitment to financial literacy and our commitment to low cost financial services um, much more broadly than what you know we could have ever done. And and I think, you know, that that was one of the reasons why the way that when we when we met PaySend, I said we have to do this one. Um, this 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 works well. And I think, uh, you know, the other thing I'll mention, I look back at. You know, as we looked at our OpenCP platform, the API platform that that I think is serving you well, and we have endless ideas of how we can continue to serve you in more ways. But, you know, to your point, your model is trying to connect so many rails and payment networks and trying to find every way possible for funds to get from the U.S., as an example, to 100 plus companies um, and you can't do that with a commitment to just one rail because the system is too fragmented. Uh, and I think it was really, you know, we looked at what we could do for you and say, look, let's connect as many rails as possible so Payson can use us to get access um, to what everybody's, what, whatever the preferred method of, of transfer happens to be. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we will continue to do that because now let's take this P2P, which has been part of our conversation, and we know it's a significant, very large global market, into the B2B. Because 
if we, big corporations, they still use the financial system as it is. They don't mind paying swift, uh, a fair rates. Um, the system takes two, three days. There is a reason why they benefit from it. We all know. Treasury departments know how to do that very well. But when you think about small and medium enterprises, then becomes a, a challenge. It's, 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 a, it's a difficulty. Now, it's the same in a way. We can take our experience from a P2P and develop APIs, which we are currently working, to bring a solution that you can pay your suppliers overseas, that you can collect your sales, that you can pay your employers, that you can in a way manage your treasury in a more efficient way by opening many different methods of payment um, and, 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 and make it as instant and as freemium as possible as well. And I think you're exactly right. And that's one of the things where we get very excited about PaySend, not just in our ability to support your business model, but looking at ways that we can in, embed PaySend into our model so that we can bring the ability to move funds to your to your point in a freemium environment um, to other clients that we have that have that that are still, to your point, relying on slow, very expensive processes. And in many cases, you know, I see opportunities for us to bring internet, you know, low cost international remittance solutions through our PaySend connectivity, bringing it to other clients who want the functionality in whatever their program happens to be, whether it's a consumer program, a small business program, you know, a remittance or excuse me, a disbursement program. There's always going to be a need um, to to want to move money internationally. And, and the rails have been to historically have been slow and very expensive and, and very cash oriented. So the one thing we love about PaySend is the ability to sort of retrofit it back into our business model and then become a bit of a reseller as well. And we will love that. We see that extension coming. Uh, yes, we have built, um, but at some point we also beginning to uh, value that the partnership is as important as building our own capabilities, because they would only work well if they connect an open platform. We call it the patient open platform. Recently, we were saying, no, it should be an open payments network, not even patient. It should be connected to any. We are just going to be a contributor. Investing, investing on our people, investing on the talent, investing on, 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 on the relationships to be able to make it, to, to make it good. Um, so in, in general, it's a combination of different elements that will get us there. And we see that as the next phase in which we continue to expand our partnerships. Um, I like not to, um, like you said, we have to work with everyone to provide as many solutions as possible, learn from each other, be honest in the way we operate, be simple. Um, we are um, just recently opened our office in Miami. This is the office for the Americas. Uh, we're going to bring some talent to to work from here. This is where I'm located right now. Uh, it's for the Americas because it will cover Canada all the way to Chile. Um, but it also provides the opportunity um, to balance uh, our UK uh, global headquarters uh, in terms of providing the different solutions that we have. Uh, we are work remote first, but we also believe in the hubs. I like to call it People used to do off-sites to think about it strategically. Now we do insights. On-sites, yeah. Yeah, when people come to the office, we think it strategically, and then you go and you do the work, whatever you wanted to do it, at home or in wherever you live. Um, so now we have a place to come and dream. 
together. And I think you, you and you mentioned earlier a little bit about false fintech and, you know, Nikki and I talk about this all the time. We love to bring in startups that are thinking about new ways of attacking, you know, old problems, if you will. And I think one of the things we get excited about as we t look at startups, early, early stage startups that are thinking about remittances is, you know, it's all about the reach. Um, you know, it's about the reach in areas of the world where, you know, it, it, it is hard to connect um, very divergent payment networks and make it work in a way that connects to as many consumers as possible. And I think one of the things we're going to begin to see, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, um, are the ways in which companies are, you know, sort of combining rails or networks, if you will, um, and then utilizing in some cases, maybe not even non-financial rails in order to just expand reach in those areas of the world where the infrastructure just hasn't been there like it has been in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, it clearly... Um, I think is the, the, the integration and collaboration that will need to happen across. We're going to see uh, institutions that are not necessarily financial uh, services um, opening eventually their platform for what might be required in order for uh, new solutions uh, to come to play. Um, I do, uh, I'm beginning to see it in the Central America partnership in a little, in a little way. Uh, but it will come. It will come into other other, other places as well. Um, and um, something that I, I would like also to highlight when, when I think about your your incubation uh, center uh, for fintechs is that um, and the opportunity of this podcast, sharing what we know, being able to talk about it, opening to ideas and suggestions. It will make all of us greater in many, many ways. Um, it is something that that's why I believe our partnership is so strong and is continue to grow stronger. Um, we were new when we came two years ago. You believed on us. We deliver. We are together doing an amazing things together, and it's only getting us to now start creating and building um, and providing to others. I would love to open our platform and white label it to a solution that may come. Let's let it have it. Let's go all together that it's gonna be greater uh, uh, for everyone. And um, our business models allows that. Um, we continue to be a FinTech. We continue to grow at a very low cost. We want to remain that way. We want to remain in a way that we don't absorb uh, overheads and over expenses because at the end of the day, we're providing a service that we, we believe on it. Of course. Uh, you know. Last thought, you know, and I don't. We should have touched on this earlier, but I'll touch on it now. To to take an early stage company like Paysend, who wants to move money around the world as quickly as possible, and then to marry that with a bank partner here in the U.S. that, you know, it, it's no surprise, heavily regulated, and we all understand that. Um, it, you know, it takes a special type of collaboration to try to be able to solve your insistence on speed and your insistence on low cost with the the baggage, if you will, that comes along with being a bank in the U.S. And I think, you know, I, I look at the example, you know, between central payments and PaySend as one and where you, the compliance folks, um, they sit in a room, they collaborate, um, they figure out ways to do it in a way that you know, protects us from the requirements on us, but still stays true oftentimes to, or still absolutely stays true to, to your mission of, of fast and freemium. 
Yeah, we did align on our values. I believe that was that was critical at the beginning. We had our hiccups, which is normal as we understand and learn from it. But we have collected a number of successes that have developed trust. So uh, and 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 from that trust, we are beginning to co-create, and and and, and the uh, the journey continues and and continues very very strong in that. But there was there was values that brought us together. There was a belief, a little bit of, um, of course, I don't know you, you don't know me, um, but let's try to believe in each other. Um, uh, transparency, um, all that has has collaborated. I've been talking to your team about we would love to be error free. That is uh, a goal that is we know how difficult it is to achieve. But what I do can commit is that. If a mistake happens, it doesn't repeat, and that the recovery is as quick as possible. That's what I can commit to it. And look, I think that's the recipe of success. We talk about it all the time here on this podcast, the successful recipe of fintech bank partnerships. And I think when it's transparent, collaborative, and you're not afraid to admit your mistakes, and then everybody sort of learns from it, uh, that, that's how it works. And I think it's, it's been great. It's a great example here. Um, so... Uh, Hiro, I mean, I just have to thank you for joining us. I know this has been a long time and that we've wanted you on this podcast for a long time. Um, and uh, I want to thank you for joining us and I want to thank you for everything PaySend is doing uh, all over the world. And look, we're just we're just so happy to to be supporting it. And uh, we're very excited about, you know, what the next uh, three or four years we just uh, were announcing uh, that we extended our contract with you early, uh, earlier than required, because we're so excited about how this is going. We want to make sure this partnership lasts for uh, many years into the future. Thank you so much. The uh, the gratitude is is reciprocal. We believe in what's coming is even greater than we have done, and and let's do it for our customers. At the end of the day, we they need us. We need them. We all can do great things together. Thank you for hosting me. Wish you the best in the uh, in this podcast. I'm uh, been listening to them, and I will ha have become a companion in my free time when I take walks around. Wonderful. Thank you, Jairo. Have a, have a great uh, rest of your day. And uh, it's really happy to have you on the podcast. Okay. You too. Thank you so much. All right. There you have it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FinTech Brews and News. Keep up with all the content and cool stuff happening at Falls FinTech and Central Payments by checking out our website, our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. I'm Nikki Rohde. And I'm Trent Sorby. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.